With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. time for another edition of Tennis.com's weekly podcast. And here's your host, James Martin. So welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. We're heading into the big tournaments of March, March Madness. I'm James Martin with Peter Bodo and Steve Tigner. Steve, who's uh, about ready to leave for uh, Indian Wells. Are you ready for your, your long flight, Steve? Uh, not the flight. Not ready for the <laughs> flight. I'm you ready, ready for some sun? I'm ready to be there. Yeah, there's something about the planes and how they stay up more uh, speed above the wing. or yeah, below. Let's, <laughs> let's not bring that up. We won't bring that up. And, uh, of course, big news on a side note. Manchester United won last night in the uh, Champions League. You guys don't hear that, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. Um, wait, wait. Was that Ch- Champions League or the Champions Cup winner, the <laughs> Champions Runner-Up League? I yeah, always get those confused the in soccer. It's the biggest club tournament in Europe, people. This week. All time, right? They beat uh, AC Milan 7-2 in aggregate. I'm boring people, but aggregate. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, we, we're here to talk about tennis, and the draws for any Wells are out. The tournament has started. Uh, this is a huge month, back-to-back Master Series. It's one of the greatest uh, tests that you can really have as, an, uh, as a tennis player. And guys, before we get into breaking down the draws, talking about our picks, um, I, I pulled something up on the ATP site about the men and, and who has won back-to-back Master Series in March, Indian Wells in Miami. And Federer is the only active player to have done it. Um, there's seven overall. Agassi, Rio, Sampras, Chang, and Courier have all also done it. But it's really this is like one of the ultimate tests if you're a pro player. And also, right? Kleister's on the women's side, but right. it's almost as hard as I guess you could compare it to winning a Grand Slam. Or I mean, Federer's, Federer hasn't done it that many times, so um, it is a. I don't know if it's a goal of any of the players. It seems like some of the top players get pretty run down in the in Key Biscayne. So you see, you'll see somebody like Davidenko pick up a win there when when the doll's tired. But it's got to be a tough, it's a tough thing to do well at this tournament and then go to keep his game right away. It's like a mega super slam. It's like you know, basically a month long tournament. And what's really kind of kind of weird about it, which is cuts both ways, is that these guys don't get the days off that you get during Grand Slams. You know, when I was talking to Ian Tiriak for that story we we're doing the other day, you know. Uh, he said, you know, he thinks it's critical today. And he's this guy's not soft on players by any means, but he says it's critical to have that day off. If you're gonna have if you're gonna have a big tournament where you got the best playing the best, you you really need a day off between matches for, for people. And they don't really get that all the time in Miami and Indian Wells. So you have got two concentrated big tournaments back to back. Granted they have a few days off in between because of the way they're set up as ten day events, but I think it's a point well taken. It's like a mega super slam to win. I don't know, it's tough. Even cu- I feel like covering Indian Wells is tiring. I remember <laughs> seeing the doll win the tournament last year. It's, you know, after spending ten days there in in a nice place, but then you know, knowing that he's flying straight to Miami, another place that's really high, he's got to start it all over and with the hot, you know, the heat and stuff. Yeah. We've been to send a trainer with Steve just to keep him oh. sort of in shape to cover. He, he'll have beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, that's, that's what makes it all so impressive. The Federer did this twice. He he did it in was 05 and 06. He won these back to back two years in a row. I mean, obviously it was at the height of his powers, but 
it is an incredibly difficult thing to do. And and looking at the men's draw, I think a lot of people are probably breathing a sigh of relief that Nadal, who's no longer two in the world, is on the separate side of the draw than than Federer. So there is that potential for a Federer and uh, Nadal final. But let's let's look at Federer and his top very quickly, guys, and and break some things down. And we'll just let's just pick some interesting things that we see. Federer coming off his lung inf- infection or whatever he had. Will he be rusty? Probably a little bit, although it clearly doesn't take him too long to get back into the swing of things. He's looking at uh, two interesting possible matchups. One, he might play Marcos Bagdadis uh, very early in the tournament and then would have to get through potentially Andy Roddick and then Andy Murray. I mean, what do you guys think about Bagdadis that? Bagdadis is dangerous, and, and Roddick has played well this year, but looking at that draw, I don't feel like Federer... I feel like Federer should, will make the semifinals, even if he is a little rusty. I think he has he has time to work that out and... And he seems like he's, at least from what he's saying, he's really ready and looking forward to this tournament. Do you think if it's that Baghdad could pose a problem, though, if it's a little bit windy, which it was pretty windy last year, actually, certainly toward the end of it, with his st- if he's steady enough, do you think it poses a, an upset? Baghdad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the guy's pretty unreliable, though. I mean, you can't, I mean, you know, you, I think you've got to be nuts at this point still to, like, to, to, to bet on, on, on a Marcos Baghdadis, proverbially speaking, of course. You know, agreed, I mean, agreed. You know, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit like. Uh, you know, a couple of other guys, like David Nalbandi is another good example. I mean, you know, the guy, the guy can, the David Nalbandi is a guy who could win these two tournaments back to back, really. I mean, I think he's shown what, what he's been capable of doing, like in a fall run he had a couple of years ago. But would you <laughs> ever, Loser. like, pick him going in? No way. No, he's not going to. Uh, what about, Pete, I know you'll be front and center on the TV when Mumphie squ- possibly squares off against Gasquet in the end. Would it be the second round there? Oh, yeah, please, spare <laughs> me. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You <laughs> Well, you know, I guess Gasquet's, you know, we talk about disappointing guys and guys you would never, never bank on. But, you know, it's an interesting, you know, there's, there's you know, some pride at stake. There's a little bit of national rivalry between the you know, two guys. One thing's for sure, though, you know, even though neither guy is particularly a favorite of mine, is it's going to be an entertaining match. I mean, you can see some very, very yeah. nice tennis in it. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. And what, to, to see the French players, I mean, a lot of the French players do play uh, an a, appealing game and uh, – you usually only get it early in the tournament, though. And they just don't win majors, you know. They, <laughs> they got it all the figured out except the winning part. You got to get that, get out there early for them. And I mean, and seeing a Monfils Roddick uh, match would be good too, because they they've had some good battles in the past. On the speaking other of that, I think that you know, I think Andy's problem in a way. I don't know if they resurface those courts or not, but I think those courts generally are pretty high bouncing, and that really works against Andy. I think in a pretty big way. So you think so? Just because he doesn't, he doesn't. You don't think he likes hitting the backhand primarily? That beware or? Well, I think with the backhand, it really hurts him because that backhand of his sits up. You know, if he's got a fast enough surface, that backhand he's done a lot of work on. It. I think that backhand sits. You know, he can make that backhand sit down a little lower, make it a little tougher to attack or do something positive with his ball. So I think that you know that's one thing to consider, and also the high bouncing court you know uh, you know i think i think nadal really benefits from a high bouncing court because of his topspin so he's making guys well, hit he won last from year. high up yeah. exactly well yeah. this term will also see whether andy skipping davis cup uh, makes any difference if he comes in any fresher yeah and it makes any difference in his results and someone who else is coming in very fresh off his practice session in dubai will be andy murray and uh, he's he's i think he's got I, i'm picking him to win I mean, I'm looking at his half of the draw. He's He's got decent players in his draw. He's got Karlovic, but he can beat Karlovic. We know that. He's got Joe Willie, who, you know, is kind of one of those guys. Yeah, okay, he could beat Murray if he's on, but you, you wouldn't bet against Murray in that match. He's got Soderling at the bottom of his half, which, again, Soderling's kind of been a little bit disappointing since since he had that great season last year. He did win Rotterdam, but he's he's not really been putting it together. Um, I'm like a Murray there, guys. I think this is a good this – is, this is an interesting tournament for Soderling. It's, this is the first time – well, he, he was disappointed in the Australian Open, obviously, but now he's he's coming off the breakthrough year. 
can he continue to do well in tournaments like this? And and for Murray, I think you have to you have to like him because Federer has been sick, uh, Nadal's been hurt, Djokovic is got to be <laughs> fried or yeah. And Murray has something. Murray hasn't cared. <laughs> Murray hasn't done yeah. Murray hasn't done a whole lot. He's been practicing exactly. Yeah. And then on the uh, bottom half, you've got Nadal in the bottom half, and the main thing that sticks out there actually is the All American uh, matchup we could have in the third round, which would be. Big John Isner and, and big Sam Querrey, Pete, the two guys that almost nipped a victory in Serbia, going up against each other. That would be some fun stuff. Yeah, it's like an all American It's like an all. It's like a good old days, you know, a bunch of Americans playing Americans in, a, in, in an American setting. You know, I mean, not to be too jingoistic about it, but these guys were both very promising. I think they both had a good Davis Cup. I know our captain Patrick McEnroe was very happy with with what those guys showed him in Davis Cup. And uh, he he thinks Isner showed him, uh, you know, particularly showed him a lot. And it wasn't just really about the fact that he played pretty close there with those guys, but it really it was really also his temperament, his match temperament, as you see it developing. And uh, you know, who do you who do you like player. if you have to pick one of the, if they face? You know, him. I like Isner. I, I picked Isner to win yeah. the tournament. There you go, Steve. What are you, what are you Dead silence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would take Isner. He there's suddenly there's some buzz around a, a young American player who we wouldn't have thought this w- would be him a couple of years ago, but. But um, it seems like at the moment he's for real. How does he, how does he match up against Nadal in your in your mind? I mean, I think it's a pretty good matchup. I think he's a good matchup. He yeah. can take Nadal's the the high bouncing shots, and he can always control points with his serve. Uh, I don't see any reason why he couldn't pull an upset over Nadal. Yeah, it'd be, it, it's going to be fun to watch. And and the other thing on the top of that half, um, you've got Davidenko, who always you know last you know he's always a threat to get far in these tournaments. Uh, ever the worker, you know, his work rate is incredible. He's got Golbus in a potential second-round matchup, and this is a big test for, for not for Davidenko, but for Golbus because, you know, he had that victory on tour a couple weeks ago. Um, that'll be a tough match. I think he eats up Golbus. You think Davidenko just eats him up? I do, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Davidenko's sort of in the same position as Soderling to me. He's coming, he's coming across, his, coming out of his best year. Can he... Can he do well in tournaments like this? Uh, he's never done all that well in Indian Wells. The, s- the surface should be really good for him for for his game, and yeah, I, I definitely think he's a good matchup for, for Golbus. I think I, I like Davidenko in that one. Yeah, he probably will get through. And on the other side of the draw, someone who who I know Steve is is picking to win this and has actually a, a phenomenal draw is Marin Silic, who just as a side note, he he's not working. He he works with Bob Brett as his coach, who's an uh, a thinking man's coach, very. Uh, well-known and, and, and respected, and he's now going to be working in Miami, which is a tournament after this, of course, and then in Madrid with... With the Goran opposite. I- with, with the opposite With character. the opposite character, Goran Ivanisevic, or Ivan Isevich, as you would say, Pete. But um, this, this is, to me, is, is, is a great like side story. Is like, well, I'm not sure what Goran can teach. Silic, maybe it's just the emotion and, and being around him, but Goran just... Always seem to fly by the seat of his pants, and well, we'll see. He's already he's already given he's already worked with Chilich, so we'll see we'll see we'll see whether it's paying off in Indian Wells. But I think the time is. I mean, I I don't know whether I would put money on Chilich to win, but the time seems right for him for somebody else to win a tournament like this. And he, you know, you have to look at at him as that guy. Del Potro is not in the tournament. The other guys are a little banged up. And uh, I think the surface is good for him as well. And um, we'll also look at his draw. I mean, he's got. No one in his little court. He's got Carlos Moya. I mean, Garcia Lopez. Um, then he's looking at maybe Juan Carlos Ferrer, who has been playing great this year. But these are hard courts, so I, I, I don't know. I think he would be favored in that. Simone, he's, uh, he's, he's not done much lately. Obviously, he's been dealing with some fitness issues. Lubachik, Cole Schreiber. I mean, these are the top guys in his half. I mean, the only one that would potentially look to be a real threat is Djokovic, and that, that really depends on how he's recovered from Davis Cup. Right, One exactly. interesting thing about Cilic, I think, in his coaching change is that he's going from a guy who's, who's as you said, a thinking man's coach. And, and you know, one of these guys... He's not getting rid of him. 
He's no, keeping Brett. Yeah. No, no. But Brett's there in the background. I think as he's been with a lot of guys. You know, he, a lot of people forget he's coached Andres Gomez, he's coached Boris Becker, he's coached. He, he's been in the background, and and he's actually stayed close with those guys. But Bob is very much a teacher, and he puts you know inadvertently. He's a little like Heinz Gunthart is, is similar too. You know, they put a fair amount of pressure on their pupils by kind of challenging them intellectually, and and they're real thinkers about the game, and are always looking at you know how things like you know how you're. How your performance on your tennis court is reflecting, you know, basic traits of your personality. Like, you know, are you willing to stick through there? Do you want to take the easy way? I and mean, they're always challenging you in a way. Goran, of course, that's a whole different story. Goran's like a more or less a big happy-go-lucky kind of a guy. You know, I think he's probably been bought in to show Chilich how to how to play quicker points and end him quicker and play maybe a little bit riskier. And game. also maybe maybe a little the emotion. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Goran's emotion. That maybe that's something they that. You might think Chilich has 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 lacked. He's so even keel. Maybe you know, maybe a little injection of Goran's and loosen you know, him up. Crazy you know, gene. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Goran will keep him loose with that crazy gene. Yeah, that that will be interesting because Chilich is you don't know his emotions at all at any time in a match, no matter what the score is. The I mean, which is hard to get a read on. Um, so anyway, I'm going to go with uh, with Murray to win this. I think I think he's going to be fresh and uh, he's got the experience to take this title. And Pete, you're going with Isner. I'm going with Isner. And Steve? Going with Chilich, the least boring pick I could I could make. <laughs> but a pretty boring player. <laughs> well, Not as boring as Roger Federer. No offense, yeah. Marie. Yeah, Federer's you know. very boring, isn't he? Wait till the, uh, the emails are coming from that one. All right, we were kidding. Um, so on the women's side, uh, obviously, and let me just take this opportunity. Steve and I have talked about this. I got a ton of emails through the pod uh, emails and elsewhere about the Williams sisters and still asking the questions. Are they going to play? Are they not going to play? Why don't they play? What's going on? It's over, Steve. Would you like to take it from here just to offer the well, I would, explanation? Well, I, I can't think. I can't think or talk about this anymore. After last year, when the tournament became mandatory, and they still didn't come to the tournament, I I think that has to end the discussion of of whether they're ever coming back. Yeah, it's over. Moving on. Uh, so the first thing that popped out to me, guys, with this women's draw, uh, was that Hennen really lucked out. She's not seated because she obviously is still not played enough tournaments. Being back from her her retirement or her hiatus, whatever you're calling it. And she doesn't face a seeded player until the quarterfinals, and that's Elena Dementieva. So she either has a great amount of luck or she uh, slipped somebody a 20, but she's got a pretty nice draw for someone that could have faced anybody in the first round. You know, the funny thing is you look at the top two seeds in this event, and, you know, Svetlana Kuznetsova seeded number one. Now, you know, with all respect, she's, she's got a great game. She won two grand slams, but, boy, is she inconsistent. This is, you know, you look at those seeds and say, oh, my gosh, you know, this is going to be a gimme for anybody who can, you know, who can, who can put together three or four, you know, four or five matches in a row. But that's, you know, it's really pretty deceptive because you got all these people floating around down there. you got Kleisters, you got Hennen, you've got, you know, Dementieva, you got Azarenko who's playing well. So, you know, I, I think it's actually going to be a good tournament. Well, it, and it goes to something that, that Steve likes to bring up, which I think is a great point, which is that this tournament, because the Williams sisters aren't in it, it does give you that f- that flavor of new players and and more of a an open field, and you do get to get a sense that it might uh, you're just going to see different types of tennis and people get getting late farther into the draw. Well, you get the normal unpredictability of this tournament without the Williams, but now you also have Hennen and Kleisters, and so far in the in the two slams that they've played since that have been played since they came back. One of them won one, and the other reached the final. So you have to figure they're going to they're going to do some damage at this tournament. Yeah, and Kleisters is a monster at this tournament. I mean, you know, historically speaking, well, she's, she's won it twice. Yeah, she's got, final she's got another a year. Good record here. She's going to be very very tough to read. I mean, even Daniela Hantukova can, can't <laughs> beat her here. You know? This is right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, Kleisters would potentially play Kuznetsova in the round of sixteen. Uh, Kleisters has a seven and one record against Kuznetsova, so you got to favor her there. And, and then she'd play Yankovic, who, I mean, I have a feeling we'll find a way to lose before she even gets to Kleister's. Um, so, I mean, with 
Kleister's steady game, even if it gets windy, I think it all uh, all points to her getting through that draw pretty easily. And then, well, of course, she did have that that bad day in Australia. This will be the tournament that'll show if that's something we're going to see from her, you know, more now. Do you think you will, or what? Do you, what's your uh, instinct? I have no idea. <laughs> don't want to. I don't think so. I don't think so. I would speculate that that she'll be fine. Yeah, I think so. And then on the other half of her draw, uh, Azarenka is in there. Pete, you're high on her, I know. And then we could have a a repeat of the final in the third round with Zanareva and Ivanovic, and uh, a lot to lose for Ivanovic if she loses out early in this in this tournament, which she got to the finals as we just said last year. No, unless unless I'm gravely mistaken here, I you know I I, I read somewhere yesterday that she drops below number fifty if she. Uh, Drops out of the top 50 if she loses this match. I'd, I'd, I'd double-check that, people, before you throw yourself off any bridges if you're Ivanovic <laughs> fans. But, you know, there are there, there's, there are a lot of stakes here. I mean, Zvonareva's defending champion. She goes out early. She loses a ton of points. And, of course, Ivanovic, you know, we don't know what kind of shape she's in. So it, it's a big tournament, I think, for both of those women. Bigger for Ivanovic. It's definitely a, it's a one-match-at-a-time uh, aspect for for Ivanovic. Now, every player says that, but it's got to be true for her for her now just to win her first round at this point. Well, she was That's all she can be thinking about. Yeah, she was feeling pretty good at that Billie Jean King Cup. I mean, she was really enthusiastic, you know, uh, about playing a game again. And I don't think that was, you know, smoke and mirrors or baloney. I don't think she was making that up to, to, to look good. I mean, that's, you know, now she's got a new coach. She'd only been practicing with Heinz Guntard about 10 days at that point. But she was fired up. She said after losing that, that you know, uh, no ad, that tiebreaker, no ad games, semifinal, you know, she said, you know, her first thought going off the court was, gee, I really would wish I could go on a practice court and hit some more balls. So, you know, that, that's really a good sign. This would be a very good place for her to start crafting a, a, a series comeback into the top five. Yeah, and at the same time, if it's the first her first round match and she finds herself at six all in the, in the second set, down a set or up a set, I mean, it's going to be, I think you're going to see a lot of nervy moments with her uh, yeah. in the tournament. Hopefully she can work through them and, and keep a smile on it and do well because uh, I could see some of these early matches being gut-wrenching to have to watch. Well, she just toss the ball, pull out her GPS, and go find it. <laughs> um, on the other side of the draw, on the other half, we talked about Hennen, um, who would, uh, has just a, a great draw as far as seeded players go until she'd have to ma- ma- meet Dementieva in the quarterfinals. Um, I was looking at it. Sharapova's coming back. That's sort of another comeback story. She did win a, a title this year already, a small one, and, and didn't beat anyone of major consequence. However, might have boosted her confidence, but she has the two Chinese players, Li Na and Zhe Zhang, as potential uh, opponents right on right in her quarter. And I think, Steve, that that could really uh, be bad news for Sharapova. Well, it's, hard to s- it's really hard to know how she'll come out in this tournament. It, the, the Memphis thing was, was great, but this is, a, this is a different level. And obviously the two Chinese players have started this year well. Um, Maria has a good history at Indian Wells, though, and I would expect... I would expect her to play well and make it out of there, make it out of that section. I don't know. I think those Chinese girls are very tough, and they're exactly the you know they're 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 the worst worst possible matchup I think for Sharapova with with her error count and her the way her serve gets a little shaky in tight spots now. You know, I didn't, I didn't see the Memphis matches. Maybe she's overcome that, but I think you know you know the nightmare scenario for her. I mean, she's she's pretty good. I think. I mean, you, you maybe like her chances not to beat, but to play a good close match with. With an Azarenka type player who's you know who goes for a lot you know stuff like that, but I mean I think with the with the Chinese girls they are so disciplined, so consistent, so steady. Uh, it's going to be it would be a very good test for Sharapova yeah. and, and to get out of there. I mean if she got to the quarterfinals and everything held to form, she'd play Wozniacki, and that would be a, a real tough test because Wozniacki so gets so much back and 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 could just let Sharapova implode. But I think I think just you know hearing us talk about this, I mean it. it the, the women's draw is very interesting. You know, there's a lot of stories going on here. The Belgians, players coming back, uh, players that have gone missing in action, Yankovic. So it's really hard to There's really no sure anything. things in, in this draw. Even 
Wozniacki. She, you know, she had a good year last year, but she she hasn't she didn't follow it up well at the Australian Open. So that's another that's another question mark. Does she does she deserve her number three ranking in the world? And, and this is the type of tournament where she, where she should make the semifinals if she's gonna if she's gonna be some become somebody who's in the top tier for a long time rather than somebody who's just there. For a little while, this is the type of tournament where, and the type of draw she has, where she should she should make the semifinals think, at least. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. And, and you know, I, you know, what, what I'd ask is, would anything surprise you with this tournament? And to me, the answer is no. no. I would not be surprised if Dementieva won. I would not be surprised if uh, I would be. <laughs> if you know, if Wozniacki played the final, I would not be surprised if Jankovic won. Frankly, I would uh, be. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, I, I don't know. To me, I, I think there are a lot of people here who are, you know, you know, a little troubled. You know, going a little up and down, maybe struggling with injuries. Sharapova, I wouldn't be surprised if Sharapova won. So, you know, I think I think there's a lot going on here, and we've gotten to the point now where almost nothing can be surprising, especially if the Williams sisters aren't on board. Right. I do hope, and we got, we got some emails on this as well. I, I chose not to print them out, but that the, when this is on TV, Tennis Channel, and 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 whatnot, that um, that they don't make too much of a deal. Oh, Kuznetsov is seated number one, and Wozniacki's number two. Do they deserve the seeding? Why are they not? You know, I mean, it's like they play. You know, that's a tired argument. It's like that's their seeds, and that's reflective of their rankings. And they play the system, and they play more than other players, so they deserve to be where they're at. It's just a question of if they can. Right, they can handle the pressure. Yeah, talk about who's there and not who's not there. Exactly, that's, that's kind of a, a, a rule of thumb. Yeah, and I wouldn't overdo the. Or hopefully, it won't be overdone that that Hennen goes in unseated. I mean, she doesn't have a ranking. Right. What are you supposed to do with her? She she can obviously do well without being seated. Right, as she's proven already. And um, so, all right, who are we picking as we uh, look at this women's draw? I'm going to go with Kleisters. I just I just feel like yeah, she had the hiccup in Australia. I think she'll be back. I think her steady game will. We'll, we'll do well down. We'll do well in Indian Wells. Well, having picked Isner to win the men, I'm going to have to obviously hedge my bet. So <laughs> I'm going to play it safe and go with Kim Kleisters. I mean, uh, you know, and you know, which to me, I'm, I'm I've been dying for Dementieva to come through and justify one of my picks one of these days. Now I'm really paranoid. I'm I'm quaking in my boots that now that I didn't pick her, she's going to go and win this thing, and I'm not going to get any credit whatsoever for backing her for so long. But well, no, I got to go you, with Kleisters. You, you've hedged it right here, so we have a record. Yeah, I, I swore off Dementieva after the U.S. Open last year when she <laughs> lost in the second round. Um, oh, I'm picking awesome. a Hennen for this tournament, so I'm going to go safe just with the person who I think is the best player. Good enough. And let's hope the finals are also not too windswept like they were last year because that kind of definitely detracted uh, from the women's final in particular. Even the men's was a bit dodgy. And uh, that's it. We will be checking in next week. Pete and I will be here. Steve will be out in Indian Wells. we so got to get Tom Parada or somebody We're, we're right? going to bring in TP, as we call him here, Tom Parada, and, and we'll uh, discuss some stuff. We'll get some reports from Steve on the ground before we come in. And, Steve, you're going to have all the inside information. We, we take it. Maybe we'll get Steve yeah. on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Technologically speaking here at <laughs> Tennis.com, we are not that advanced. Um, and so with that, please keep sending your emails in. Any questions on Indian Wells that you have to podcast at tennis.com. And with Pete Bodo and Steve Tigner, I'm James Martin, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to tennis.com.